0: finishing a run the other day and I'm in the neighborhood and I see this couple I I know I'm acquainted with them they're nice people Uh, and they are walking with their masks and their children one who's probably about 12 and the other one is about I would say five a young girl who's five and the parents are talking to me as uh, we're talking, of course, about the, the, the shutdown and everything else. And they say, we wonder when it's going to all end. And and they said, Mr. Barack, they, it's kind of cute, Mr. Barack, you know. My daughter here, and I won't name her name, we'll just call her Sally. Sally wants to know when the COVID monster is going to go away. <laughs> and she's looking at me you know with hope and expectation that i'll have the answers for her and i and i said right away i said oh this is nothing don't worry about it it's going to go away soon enough and it's not a monster it's okay and i didn't want I, I didn't want this little girl to to have this cloud over her and and for her to be terrified and to live in fear about this uh, covid thing and, and and of course this is something that you and i have been talking about one of the casualties of the shutdown, you know, in addition to the economic despair and the far greater amount of suicides than we ever imagined and so forth, is the trauma that children will face as a result, especially that, that girl, that girl's age, you, you know, all the way. I would say from 4 to 15, maybe, maybe younger than 15, I don't know, they will, a lot of them will traumatized. That's what they'll face. They'll be traumatized. If they have parents who instill this fear in them to be terrified of the COVID situation, you know, kids, we gotta get you know, we gotta wear those masks because you never know what's gonna happen and who you can encounter and, and, and you might die. You know, I, I, we all have to make sure that and, and look at, and especially those people who hate Trump, you know, who see this as an opportunity. And they put it on their TV screens all every day, and you're seeing, what is it now? 85 to 90,000 people dead from the COVID virus, right? Never mind whether that's accurate. It, that's what they're reporting, okay?
1: That's what the news tells you.
0: Right. Yeah. So And imagine from the standpoint of a young kid who is, let's say, seven years old, okay, who thinks that it costs only a100 dollars to buy a house. That, that's right I mean if we have very young kids and and that's what they think that that house must cost a hundred dollars right and then they see this number eighty five thousand ninety thousand people dead they know that's a hell of a lot more than a hundred and then they're saying they're seeing their parents shake their heads uh in grave disappointment and and fear and they're just inculcating this upon their kids and then they they have parents who put on
1: masks to walk out in the open space right. where they're nowhere, nowhere near anyone. Right. I have a friend who calls these people mask holes. It's a great name. <laughs> mask holes. That's, ooh, I like that. Uh, <clears throat> it, it, but, it, you know, it's like you can have an argument and conversations about the uh, efficacy of wearing a mask in a grocery store as either – uh, courtesy to others, or rules within a private business, or whether it's effective—those are those are, I believe, reasonable conversations. Yeah. But when I see, I live at, near the beach in West LA. You live near, you know, in West LA. Right. We live in a <laughs> um, nice area but, in West but, LA. That's but, LA. That's right. But there's plenty of open space. These are not. This is not tenement living with stack and pack housing to the sky like Manhattan. There's plenty of places to walk right in front of houses with wide sidewalks, et cetera, where you don't have to go anywhere near people. And people in my area and yours are putting on masks while they're walking all alone in
0: the middle of nowhere.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I want to talk you know, about – But I that's, about, I believe, what causes the fear,
0: that behavior. I understand that. that. They, they cause, it causes the fear. But I – look, the way that that parent asked me – you know, he didn't really know about my politics or anything else like that, so – You know, it really exhibited his it showed to me what he was telling his kids and he was uh, inculcating this sense of fear in his kids uh, and that somehow they were, you know, it's all virtual signaling and 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 they were living their lives in a sense, dealing with, uh, you know, COVID this and COVID that. Look, it's a reality, the shutdown, no doubt about it. You have to deal with it at some point, Uh, but what I think you should be doing is laughing at this. If you laugh at it, your kids will laugh at it too and say, oh, look at all these idiots with them. And, and, you know, the other day I was joking around with my kids saying, wearing a mask to stop a virus is like putting up a wrought iron fence to stop mosquitoes. Right? It's not... <laughs> Good luck. Right. I thought we did that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But, but that's what it is. It's just the same thing. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Right. So, so they laughed about that and we talked about, you know, the, the old joke about the light bulbs. I think we mentioned that the other day about how many, how many, um, you know, liberals does it take to screw in a light bulb? And and the old joke is that it it takes a thousand and one to hold the light bulb in the socket. And, and to turn the whole house around, right? And that's what we're doing. And, and they love that joke because it, it does show how ridiculous it is. And I said, look, if you're sick or you think you're more likely to get the virus, you quarantine yourself. You protect yourself, okay? But don't expect the rest of the world to turn on you. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like uh, left-handed people. There are left-handed people in the world. So they're about 4%, 5% so shall everyone shall we all now decide that it's okay to to write from right to left as well as left to right you know and and uh and it doesn't matter and all books should be provided in both right to left forms as well as left to right forms
1: well i think i think the analogy you're looking for is so should everyone be required to write with their left hand as left handers do to make them not stand yeah, out from and the, not feel
0: bad. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's Everywhere. it's really ridiculous. So, yes. it, I mean, we don't do that, of course. We also don't change the whole world for colorblinded people. Right? We just don't do yeah, that. I think you're making an even broader and bigger point about how our attitudes
1: about children are. And to cross over subjects a little to just show the same pattern of behavior, what you're talking about with the fear mongering for children to me is no different than what they've been doing with global warming. Yes. In many ways. So That's true. So the, the dynamic of the terrified child really doesn't matter subject to subject. It seems to be a rule of liberal thought. But compare and contrast that to, by, albeit a movie, but look what a healthy way of, in the fantasy of the movie, it was to deal with children for a real crisis – the movie Life is Beautiful, where a man decided to protect his child from the realities of the Holocaust by pretending that was a game, by lowering the heat level on the situation. Well, that's, that's, that's exactly what because I was going to say. Because he understood a child could never... Uh, like, uh, yeah, I was going to say, because of the um, brilliant analogy you just said a minute ago about children perceiving houses at $100, when really right. California real estate is a little more than that. <laughs> just a little. Um, it, it, it creates a smaller box for the
0: child to try to assimilate the data. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, that, this is the issue, and it's about fear. And look, there are many consequences of the shutdown, and again, beyond just the obvious uh, business slowdown and the, the lack of profits, and the, you know, the stock market and everything else, which is the only thing that the left looks at. The, the you know, and just slightly beyond that, if you just kind of. Look around the curve just slightly, you will see that there's going to be a lot more suicides. There's going to be a lot more depression. There's there's going to be a lot more hunger and uh, all sorts of other uh, poverty issues. So if that's the case, then then we really ought to rethink the, the shutdown. But then I also said, uh, look beyond that curve even further, and you'll be you'll see something else that's obvious. One of the great things about this country, and for that matter, capitalism generally speaking, is that you give somebody the sense that they can take on this new idea and it could, it could flourish, right? <clears throat> and when they think of that new idea, they never assume that somehow the whole government and the whole economy will suddenly stop because the government says so. That's never happened before. Okay, we've had earthquakes, we've had floods, we've had hurricanes and fires and so on like that. We've had recessions. But we haven't had government-imposed mandates that in entire businesses, the whole world just shuts down. And the most vulnerable time to do that is when you are starting a new business. It's like, you know, that, that the most vulnerable time for a tree or any plant, for that matter, is its very beginning stages, right? Well, what about a for a person, childbirth, or childbirth? Right? They, they are the most. That, that's the most vulnerable time, and. What you're doing when you're telling people, suddenly you're telling people that, hey, we can shut down the economy anytime on you now. You're telling the new entrepreneur, well, you know, I don't know if I want to pursue this uh, great new bold risky venture because it's, it's already risky enough and tough enough for me to get the investment money and to tell it. And then to just have, have the rug pulled out from under, under me from the very foundation of the uh, economy itself. Yeah, and to show the entire
1: populace Because we know Democrats, well, if they did it once, who's to say they're not going to do it again? Why wouldn't they do it again? For a second wave, a third wave, global warming, global abortion, women's rights, Kavanaugh hearings, any number of things can now cause the lunatic, really mediocre people who arise to incredibly high powers of position within certain government agencies to then declare crisis... And then say with a sweep of their arms, oh, and here's the list
0: of winners and losers within the economy. There you go. Exactly of. right. So that's around the, 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 around the bend, right? But the second bend, as it were. That also around the second bend is what we're talking about, about the children. Okay. The children are living in a world where all of a sudden this invisible enemy is out there and will eat you up. And it's a monster. And, he, and the parent literally called it the COVID monster. Like, uh, wait, wait. You, you should have turned to them and said, no, no, honey, it's the government monster. <laughs> that, wait, that's a good point. There's no such thing as monsters. There are monsters in human form. That's true. Okay. But you're telling this five-year-old kid, I'm telling this, this girl was not older than five, that there are monsters out there and it's, it's out there and it's invisible and you never know. I mean, what kind of nightmares must this, this kid be having, right? Anyway, it's, people are not thinking this through. They haven't thought this through from the very beginning. They lied to us about the flattening the curve business. We are done. I mean, this, this is madness. Now, more to the madness. Uh, I often say on my Sunday show, and I've said it for years, uh, how the Democrats uh, do not advance a certain policy uh, and they will stop at nothing, literally nothing, to bring this president president trump down and to stop the republican agenda and i i always thought you know when i was saying it, okay maybe i'm being a little hyperbolic there but i'm getting my message across right wait so you would think okay they surely they'll stop at something when it comes to you know tens of thousands of people's lives They'll stop at that, right? Because, you know, politics is one thing. Yeah, we want our man uh, in the White House. Sure, we want to have the majority in the Congress. But listen, life is is precious. And, you know, maybe one or two men, like what happened in Benghazi, we can sacrifice those guys. But, you know, when you're talking about tens of thousands of people now, maybe, you know, touching upon 100,000 people in America alone, uh, you know, politics needs to be put aside. no. No, it turns out I was right. They will stop at nothing, Ari, to I, get their man have, in, in the White House. Right. And otherwise, yeah. they will stop at nothing. And and the proof of that is hydrochloroquine. That is the proof. Hydroxyl chloroquine. Sorry, you're right. Hydroxo- Hydroxyl chloroquine plus the zinc thing. It's hard uh, to pronounce. Hydroxyl Right. Thank you. Uh, that, uh, we'll just call it HQ for ease right H-C-Q, now. H-C-Q, yeah. Those letters. I'm going to call it HCQ here. Good point. So HCQ clearly cures at a a, a staggeringly high rate, whether it's 98% or 99%. You know, that's what we're quibbling about here. And this is not a question of it has 20% effectiveness versus 40% effectiveness. No, this is whether or not it's 98 or 99% effective. It's pretty damn good, and it's a tested drug. It's been around for decades. Uh, we know the side effects, as it were, and we know that millions of people use this, this drug. This is not experimental but oops, it's just too easy an answer. And it does save lives, and, and worse yet, this man, Donald J. Trump, the man who they detest so much, is pushing it. And because he's pushing it, they have to be against it. See, this is the one trick pony that we see among the Democrats: is that we know their mantra is "whatever he's for, we are against." Okay? He literally—it's like it's like that reverse psychology thing that you always see in cartoons. And the, and the guy says, "I don't want you to go to brush your teeth." Oh yeah? Well, I will brush my teeth, <laughs> right? I. That's what's happening with the Democrats. Now the good news is, that they're so reliable in that department that that Trump can say anything and then ultimately make them look like fools. So when he said, "Let's shut down all flights from China" in late January, he knew that they were going to say, "Oh, you're, no, a, racist. you're racist. a horrible man." Yeah, and uh, sure enough, they look like idiots in the process. Never mind that they won't remember their own history. Uh, likewise with HCQ, uh, HCQ they. They And the people who first announced it to me, I learned about this from some Democrat friends of mine, they're saying, oh, it's so hopeful, this cure is going to be great in France. They've got a remarkably uh, high cure rate, and this may be the answer to our problems here. And then a month passes, and during that month, Trump had pushed for and supported the the HCQ as a cure. Uh, And then these same people, the ones who announced how hopeful they were are suddenly against it.
1: Right. Because the media told them what to think. Right. And suddenly, well, Trump owns part of the company. Turns out that's actually true. He does of this company that's worth billions that's somewhat involved with HCQ. Trump owns I think $78 worth of total stock in it. Right. Of course. $78. Yeah. Not shares worth $78. Not $78 million. A total of $78. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, a man so.
0: with nine billion dollars, yep. seventy-eight of it is involved in the company. Right. So, so, but let's say, let's say that's very funny actually, and, and that's the argument I had with some Facebook uh, folks, I saying, "Look, it's a, I mean, it's probably a mutual fund, and you could find anything in mutual funds. I mean, I really, I don't right. even, I have mutual funds. I don't know every stock that I'm invested in." And let's say some company comes out with a new drug or a new invention or whatever, and I'm, I'm talking about it on the radio and, and saying, wow, this sounds like a good thing. I I might buy this. Uh, and then let's say, oh, look at you. you, you you've you invested in that. Like, I don't even know, first of all, that I invested in it. And secondly, even if I knew it, I mean, that's a good thing. I'm, I'm advancing something that we know has a cure. What does it matter whether Trump has invested in it? it? Does it work or doesn't it? Yeah, that's it, the bottom line. If – the fact that he owns it doesn't change whether it's effective or not.
1: It actually only strengthens the argument because um, betting on sports if you're a participant is highly pooed upon. right. But when you bet on yourself, that kind of means you're not rigging the game against yourself. That right. means you're not throwing the game right, right. If, 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 yeah, if you're, if you're supposed to, yourself, be in the game to win story. and you're betting on yourself to win, right that means <laughs> you're all everything is in alignment. Right. <laughs> right. You're not like betting on the other guy while you have a vested interest and ability to wreck the game
0: and then throwing it. Well, I mean, no. you, are, you have to understand that they their whole agenda is always to declare that anything that Trump does has some sort of nefarious purpose, has some sort of agenda going on, that his, his purpose is never to actually help America. It's actually in fact, he's a he's a traitor, no less, you know, through Russia and through uh, Ukraine and you name it. He's he's a traitor some way or the other. And he can't ever be declared somebody that actually loves America. That's, you know, that, yeah. that that possibility is just not in the equation whatsoever. Right. Meanwhile, the people who supposedly love America
1: are doing everything they can to belabor and extend their fetishized sexual shutdown fantasy to impose pi- the picking winners and losers game of socialism. Because that's essentially the bottom line of what... The essential versus non-essential argument over shutdowns is, Well, it's hey, Costco, thing. you're a winner. Hey, right. they, law
0: firm, you're a loser. Right. CVS is open. Target is open. Uh, Costco is open, like you said. But these small mom-and-pop shops that don't offer that much different or, or offer a small portion of what, let's say, Costco offers, they have to close down. Why I I don't get it, and especially if they can do the six feet uh, social distancing anyway, uh, there will be fewer people in that store anyway. I, it, anyway, I if don't. Even, I was, we don't need. We don't need to right, get into But that. if
1: I was a cynical betting man, betting about <laughs> it's betting about what the Democrat agenda is, and most big businesses employ people who are most likely voting Democrat, and most small businesses are employed employed people who own the business and vote Republican because they pay taxes and stuff. Doesn't it seem a little bit suspicious that the shutting down of all these small businesses with conservative ownership and employees seems very well in alignment with the electoral agendas in November that the Democrats in charge of these states may just happen i don't want to be cynical right yeah. i don't want to ascribe to the democrat party more evil than is there
0: but <laughs> all right so i mean it, <laughs> it is odd because they are picking winners and losers and target and cvs and look my hats off to them for having made it uh, as big as they did but uh, you know at the same time these people decry big business and and they're rewarding big business uh, not the small business that they supposedly are championing. They're, they're full of crap. That's that's the bottom line. Look, I want to I want to move to a, a slightly different scenario, uh, or at least topic, and, and it's a way of thinking of, um, because way of thinking of liberal thought and how their minds work. Because the more I look into the the mind of the left, the more befuddled I am. Uh, I understand it, of course. You know, conceptually, that they're all about power. That they really um, that they use uh, kindness and compassion as uh, manipulative tools. We we know that, okay. And in in, in in the quest for power, they. Uh, what, what do you think the devil's going to show himself up with horns and and a red suit and a trident spear? Of course not. And, no, and, he looks like Nancy Pelosi. He's gonna look. Right? <laughs> he's gonna look uh, well, dapper. I mean, I, I, it, this is from Broadcast News, that movie Broadcast yeah. News, and I always liked it for that reason. the The devil will never, never, the devil will never reveal himself the way that we all kind of fancy in our minds. They'll always be very fancy, right? and so and appealing and compassionate and in the name of compassion they end up destroying the country
1: yeah my friends don't you
0: care that's right. how the devil talks about caring yeah. yeah so in the meantime they they destroy the the economy they destroy uh the, the lives of so many people they gauge in, in massive racism all the things that they declare to be against they're actually for so yeah. there you and
1: go. and that whole child sacrifice and abortion clinics right. that's a real good clue about right. what the devil looks like <laughs>
0: You know what? It is very interesting. I'm fascinated by both Jews and blacks in particular, minorities, generally speaking, but also women, too. Um, But Jews and blacks, we as Jews, we can say this. I mean, we're we're very um, unfortunately as a group, a lot of Jews are liberal. Now, we've already discussed about how you parse that out and such. and, And in fact, those who are really devout Jews who are very observant tend to be conservative. And that's a good thing. Jews being a Jew does not necessarily mean that you're religious, right? Like a Christian, when he announces that he's a Christian, he's probably going to church. He accepts Jesus as a savior, you know, all those good things. But uh, when a Jew says he's a Jew, does it it, does, it can mean anything. Right. So it's really more like a nation. Yes. Okay, so that's one of my points. But nevertheless, you wonder why that's so. And, and today, uh, I have come to learn that and come to believe that, for a Jew to be supportive of the Democrat Party is like a Jew being supportive of the Nazi Party or the Communist Party. Uh, you better repeat that again slowly because
1: that's a big matzo ball to it take is. in. And just so you know, dear listeners, he's right.
0: Say that one <laughs> more time just so it can sink in. For the, for a Jew to be supportive of the Democrat Party and to align himself with that is like is really like – Aligning himself with the Nazi party of the ancient days of uh, the 40s and uh, for that matter, the Communist Party. In you know, other words, siding with the group
1: destined to participate in your own destruction.
0: Yeah, exactly right. right. It is weird. Uh, and likewise, for, for blacks, it's like saying, uh, I support the KKK. Or even worse, I support the Confederacy. And the Confederacy, R- yeah, right? exactly. I support slavery for yes, that matter. Yes, that's what I mean. I, I, and it's and this party has just such blood on, on its hands. It has never uh, advanced a policy that has been acceptable to the United States. It's it's not it's not differentiated itself in a good way vis-a-vis the Republicans at least. And whatever it has advanced has has been wrong, always, always. Okay, yeah, so, and it's wrong so consistently. You can't sit here and say, "Well, they're just
1: incorrect, wrong." Right? It's morally wrong. It's right. reprehensibly
0: wrong. It's uh, evil. Right. <laughs> you know. Now, so, so some people will say, and I'm going to just quickly dis- dispel the exceptions that they would otherwise argue. They would say, "Hey, what are you?" Ta-? There are three, three of them. One is, "Hey, FDR, Democrat, got us, you know, to fight the Nazis in World War II." Okay. Then the Truman. Uh, you know God was the first uh, you know president first leader of the West to recognize Israel uh, and then three the Civil Rights Act okay those three things they will say so blithely uh, but in fact all of them are not good examples FDR uh, had to fight his own party to push forward with the world Order, World War II and even then he did so only because he was so stuck in his, the oppression of his own making. So it was like a great distraction for him. And and really, he, he did not prosecute the war in the way that you would think he should have. In fact, he should have gotten in the war a lot earlier than he did. And quick point on that. He refused over and over again
1: to bomb the railroad tracks that led to the death camps. So while he prosecuted the war... He enjoyed the spoils and the effect of the Holocaust. And that is not hyperbolic or too much of a stretch. I agree. He he enjoyed what the Nazis
0: were doing to European Jews. But the bottom line, just to keep it as as tame as possible, the Democrat Party was strongly against uh, any involvement in World War II. Okay. Likewise with Truman, uh, his entire cabinet, not just some, not just most, but his entire cabinet was against his recognition of Israel. They all said this would be a diplomatic disaster. And they had to think about the Arab friends that they had, and there are a lot more of them than there are of those Jews, you know. And 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 Israel is going to be this fledgling country. And do we really want to support this? Uh, and and to Truman's great credit, he said, you know, damn the torpedoes, you know, we're going to do, we're going to go forward with this. Uh, but that was not the Democrat Party. That was Truman who did that. Lastly, with the Civil Rights Act. We know that a uh, far greater percentage of Republicans voted for the Civil Rights Act than Democrats did. Okay, And that was not a <laughs> – it was not a Democrat policy anyway. Now, putting aside the fact whether yeah. the Civil Rights Act itself was very effective and may have actually been a little bit destructive at the end of the day, but that's just putting it aside. And one more point to that. The Civil Rights Act passed 1964, right? Yes.
1: Um, the Dem- Forget – the Democrat president who signed the Civil Rights Act and the percentages, because that's irrelevant as to what the Democrats really thought of it. The fact is that the Democrats stopped the Civil Rights Act over and over again throughout the 50s. Yes, that's right. So they did. if if Republicans. And that was Eisenhower time. Right. And, and but Lyndon Johnson, the guy who was as president who signed the act, was the senator who led the stoppage of it throughout the 50s. And, so really the civil and the
0: only reason why he signed the Civil Rights Act was he was convinced that uh, that would get uh, you know, blacks to vote for the next 200 years for the Democrat Party, not because it was the right thing to do or that he believed in it.
1: Right. There was a 1964 election, and he wasn't popular, so he had to do something, and that was his something. But, yeah. be, but for the Democrats, the Civil Rights Act should have gone to effect 10 years earlier and had that much more of an effect. So on all three of your examples, World War II, the State of Israel, and the Civil Rights Act, the Democrats only had sort of a tangential involvement in the end effects that were positive, and they played a huge role in the detrimental effects leading up to the final. That's
0: right. So let me get back to uh, some, some of the key issues here about this. So the Democrats were always on the wrong side of, of, of this. Um, and it's it's an important thing, and you want to get into the mindset of how can you be so supportive of a party that if you knew anything about it, at least historically, you would say they were always on the losing end. I mean, I, at some point, you you know, if, if you were, if you're a sports fan, let's say you like the Knicks. I'm just going to throw that out there, and you just love the Knicks, but they they lose every single game. Okay, it's it's hard to support them. It's hard to support the coach and say. I think I'm going to invest in this team one way or the other, because it's a constant losing team.
1: Yeah, as a Raider fan since 2002, I've gone
0: through that exact thing, <laughs> and, and it's serious. You, but you, and but more, it's pro, more more appropriately than that is more. I should make more of an example of a business. That every single decision it makes is a poor decision. Every yeah. product that it makes every fails. sucks, but you see, keep but you still them. buy it because, yeah. you know, you, you're invested in it for whatever reason. Right. And, and they just don't get it. If, if they made that analogy, I think they would suddenly say, what the hell am I doing with the Democrat Party? Because that's exactly what it is. It is a constantly failing party. But it, it says that it's so compassionate, so kind. It's all about association. And it came to mind <clears throat> uh, this very important point. And then I want to speak a little bit about uh, Biden, uh, but just a little bit. Um, the when, when when videos came out, music videos in particular, remember that? It, 1981, it's, you mean. 1981 yeah. is when it started, yeah, yeah. and it really started taking off in the mid-'80s and late-'80s. And I remember I was in business school, and we were talking about the, um, the notion of music videos as an in- industry – And people were saying music videos are here to stay, and this is a new thing, and everyone's got to be totally involved in it because that's where the money is at. And, you know, music videos are still kind of around, um, but it's not necessarily the first thing you go to. There's there's so much music out there that they don't have time to make a full production of of videos. I always thought that it was just too – it was too involved, and it was – for the small-time guy who just wants to make good music – which you hear on the radio uh, or you hear in the discotheque or whatever it might be, you, you don't also want to see a video associated with it. I mean, you might want to see it at home from time to time. Anyway, why am I bringing this up? One of the most powerful things I, I remember from an a editorial that I read in my uh, college newspaper, it was a guy that said, I'm not so excited about these music videos, but for a different reason than you think. Not because it's going to warp the mind of young people or anything else like that. No, no, no. It's because it creates an association that forever gets locked in your mind with that song.
1: Of how uh, the the mental the, thick, pic- the, the mental, mental picture. picture ability of the yeah. imagination when you hear something goes away because suddenly you associate with someone else's. There you go. Mental let, picture. Okay, so
0: let, let me prove my point. Um, you know the song "Band on the Run" yes. by, the, by uh, Paul McCartney. Okay. Do you have a mental image? Boom. Just go to it. Just tell me when I say Band on the Rung, and there's a little bit of a song playing in your head about that. You can you, you know. When I ever get out of here. The sailor Sam. Right, yeah. So on um, a ship. Right. But what do you what what visual do you, Ari David, have? It's gonna be different than me. Go ahead. Uh, it's a to me, the image of
1: 1970s Paul McCartney bringing his wife to work for wife to work day comes to mind cuz yes, Linda's right there. And that's that I saw but that's what I that's what I envision in that era of the McCartney career. So for instance in the in the Beatles days I picture him with George and uh, Ringo and no, John. I understand. I'm not, I'm not with this about. I'm, I'm you, pictur- your
0: personal no no
1: your personal it's recollection a personal recollection and image of McCartney playing music on stage with Linda
0: Okay, that's so. For me, for me, for yeah, me, it's different than mine. Uh, for me, I remember driving in my car, the backseat of the car, and uh, my mom was driving us driving away from I think a swim team meet or something. And that song was playing for the first time, and there was a beautiful sunset, and it was "Band on the Run." And, and whenever I hear that song, I think of that beautiful sunset. That's it. Okay, and it, it'll be different for other people. The song "Imagine" uh, by uh, John Lennon—that that also has a certain visual for me, and so on. It doesn't matter about the quality of the song, by the way. It just, or the lyrics of the song. It's usually—it's very often the first time you heard the song.
1: Yeah, and for me, "Imagine" is a great example of what you're saying because my mental image of "Imagine" is compromised by video because there was a, a revival of some. Or a re-release of some Lennon music in the 80s that was played on MTV. So the first time I heard the song, Imagine, there was... I don't know if it was actual video or sort of like concert footage or something. But I imagined the superimposed mental image that I saw on MTV of Lennon playing that there you song go. with visual cuts. So I was <clears throat> deprived
0: of... Okay, so now you're getting to my point. Right. The point is that the music videos deprive you of that image. They tell you how to associate this song... And and they tell you now, here's the image that goes along with that song. Yeah. And the problem I have with that is that I want my own image, please. Thank you very much. I made the mistake. One of my favorite bands is uh, Radiohead. And they came out with a song, a release of a single called There, There, which is really one of my favorite songs uh, that they produced. And I was so excited about it that they uh, advertised that there was a release of a video that goes along with it. So. I made the mistake of watching the video. P.S. The video was very interesting, and it was claymation. It was it was obviously well produced. I don't have any gripe with that, um, but I can't listen to that song without thinking of that video, and I just want my own association. Thank you very much.
1: Now, when okay. you no, no. saw that video, was that the first time you heard the song, or did correct the first okay, time? Okay, see, heard the that's song. the. Different
0: Difference. I that's think. the the immediate. It's like imprinting. You know, with the with yeah. the little baby uh, chicks or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. Whoever's there first. That's the imprinting. Maybe that's a good example of it. Yeah. You know, because
1: I, I, in some cases, you know, it's it's six of one half dozen of the other. Because sometimes it's going to be happenstance. Uh, say a movie soundtrack course. includes a song you like, so you happen to see that movie.
0: And, and you know the song right. is playing. At a oh, I'll point. give you a great so example. Of that. that can happen sort of by default. Live, live and let die. Okay, so when I, think of, when I hear the song "Live and Let Die," I see I hear some of the uh, or I see in my head some of the scenes from the movie "Live and Let Die." Right, especially with the the boats and everything else. It was yeah. pretty cool. Now, <clears throat> uh, why am I bringing this all up? Because it's just like the Democrats; they are pushing a video upon. Its unsuspecting followers to uh, to always associate the name Democrat with their video, and their video sometimes it's literal. I mean, the way they they do campaigns and such like that, but uh, they will try to impose that video in your head, the video of caring and compassion and all those other other wonderful worlds words. words. Uh, not racist, and uh, you know, for, for the little guy, inclusive,
1: diverse,
0: right? Uh, feminist, open, right? Free. And these are very powerful videos that they are imposing upon you, so that it's so hard to get out of that video. Just like I said to you about my Radiohead song, uh, there, there. I, I don't think I'll ever be able to get out of it. Unless there is some sort of dramatic other association, I mean, God forbid, some sort of trauma, and the the song there there is is playing in the background. Maybe then I'll, I'll switch it, but I don't know if I want that. You know, yeah, and usually that... when that happens, you
1: can't listen to the song at all. Right, like, exactly. Oh, it was playing when I had stomach flu. Right. right. You yeah, know, there you go. Like it's that. a bad
0: association. My house is being robbed, and uh, my my family was being tortured. You know, I don't I don't want to hear that song again. Anyway, so you get the idea. So it's all association, right? I don't – and we need to fight it. And that's what we're really fighting, Ari. So we're trying to tell people, here's the logic of, of why it's not good to be a Democrat, why the Democrats uh, always fail. And we, we talk about it. And, and we certainly are very you know, persuasive, I think, uh, you know, in our own minds. And yeah, I think but, our, our listeners like right. what we have to say. But there, and then we wonder, why are these people – that are Democrats. No matter what you say to them, they never budge whatsoever. It's because of the video problem. That's right. what it and is. And the
1: reason they hate Trump so much is because Trump is, No,
0: <laughs> Trump is the uh, deprogramming video. Oh yeah. Oh, it's very dangerous for them. It's because it, it it'll show the the you know the man behind the curtain or whatever it might be. Not Trump being the man behind the curtain, but on the contrary, the Democrat Party leadership being behind the cr- curtain is just you know kind of manipulating everyone. And they cannot abide. That would be too terrifying for them. So, look, I made the example of imprinting. You know, the the chicks uh, get imprinted by the first, uh, you know, living thing that seems to be a mother. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, an actual chicken. It can just be, it could be a human being, male or female. And suddenly, that's what, that's the, the living thing that these chicks will follow for the rest of their lives. And that's the way it is. It's all about imprinting. At the end of the day, you are being imprinted. Your head is being imprinted, and that's why I, I really truly admire people. <clears throat> without patting myself on the back too much, Ari. Yeah, he's he's doing it just to show the example. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> the um, wow, what a cough! <clears throat> so, without patting myself too much on the back, you know, I, I escaped that video. I did. <clears throat> I I had believed very strongly in the Democrat Party, but I guess I I just wasn't watching MTV too much. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I I listened to the radio of the Democrat Party, but I never saw the video. How do you like that? And I think that you were the same way. No, I saw the video. I was. You did. You I were stuck. Saw, yeah. So all the more power to you to leave the video. There, there yeah, are people hard. who do that. It's
1: it's like breaking a cult. Right. And saying goodbye. To all that you love and hold dear, yeah. and that's why red pilling these people is a so hard and b so effective and gratifying when the process. Yeah, when, is when you
0: do come out the other end, it's really quite an extraordinary thing. I, I met a uh, a gentleman who I really respected. Uh, he had he said he was he had been gay. He had been gay. Let me put that in emphasis. He said this is his self describing i i had been gay he says and uh he learned that uh that is not the right approach he needs to reprogram himself to uh focus on on women he wanted to uh, seek therapy for that purpose did, did he still have desires uh, for other men yes but that doesn't mean that he needed to pursue that and for him it was a question of deprogramming now you you can decide for yourself as you listen well that sounds crazy barack you know you're 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 preaching something that uh, is very, you know, against all sorts of policy and psychology and such. No, I'm not that's BS. If you can program people to uh to to not be pedophiles, to not uh, seek alcohol, to not um be violent, for example, uh to not have uh, certain desires of whatever case, to be less impatient, to uh, be a better husband, to be a more listening and attentive wife, whatever that case might be, then why can't you also say to somebody look, I, I want to rethink the way I, I think about my sexuality so, but that's it was very hard for this guy, but he did it and he's happy about it, and he's proud of himself, and I respect him now whether he's, you know, going to stay that way I don't know, but at least he decided that he didn't want to be programmed anymore, he didn't want to listen to that video the video that said to him that that he was gay and this was just great, and everything was just fine with that. Um, he didn't want it. Okay. And now, by the way, P.S. My own personal philosophy: If you're gay, you're gay. I don't care. You know, and and I have no problem with that. I have I have gay friends. I have gay couple friends, and so on. This this was his thing, not mine. Okay. It's not even my belief. I'm not even telling you what my belief is. I'm simply saying, from his perspective, he was leaving a video, and it was very hard for him to do. And the Democrats are playing a video in your head over and over again. It's really fascinating. Now, the whole walkaway movement is, is really extraordinary because they're the ones saying, I'm walking away from the Democrat Party. But And why are they doing that? Because Trump, and I, I really am giving a lot of credit here to Trump, has shown them when he said, what, do you, what have you got to lose comment. That changed everything for them. Everything. It was a question that allowed them to leave the video. Yeah, what what do I have to lose? And then they started realizing that they're getting more jobs and they're having a lot more opportunities. And then they asked the question, what have the Democrats really done for me for the past, what, 70 years? Right? And and they're just going to give me the same old crap. It was the red pilling, like you said, at the end of the day. Now... I want to go back to the, the remember the five year old kid that we started off with. Our, when the parents are telling her that there is this COVID monster out there, isn't that the same as imposing a video upon her, and really a, a horrific video? I mean, it's one thing for me to talk about the Radiohead song and such like that. It was kind of cool. It was artistic. It wasn't scary or ugly or anything. It's actually very interesting to look at. I, just, contain, I, don't, I don't want to be stuck with that that yeah. video. That's it didn't That's contain
1: all. any false data. Right. It was just yeah. a music video.
0: That's all. No big deal. Right. But when you're imposing upon your own child, a five-year-old, the way to think about something, that we are living in this crazy time. This kid, the five-year-old kid I'm talking about, doesn't have the perspective of understanding what what a virus is. What? How do you describe that? How, there's no perspective. How did she know the difference between this and a cold versus HIV versus the flu versus uh, whatever? Okay. Right. Honey? What, well, mommy? There are all these microscopic things you can't see. What's
1: microscopic? <laughs> You're right. Exactly. Well, they're very, very small. Small like me? No, smaller. Smaller like a pea? Yes, dear. A pea. You
0: know, it, right. it, it gets ridiculous. It, it gets ridiculous. You know? and, and so what, what are you, what are you imposing upon this kid? You're imposing upon her a sense of fear that the world is scary, uh, that you, there are invisible things out there that, we're, that are looking to destroy you. Right. I mean, if that's not PTSD, PTSD I mean, I'm speaking that as a layperson, of course. I, I don't know what is. I mean, yeah, but, child abuse, criminal child right. abuse, right there. But that is a video that's playing, and I think it is child abuse. Yeah. It's just, it's a, you have to think carefully. Now, these these same parents, no doubt. Uh, if they were to uh, inadvertently turn on a channel that had some nudity uh, on it, they would quickly run to turn off the TV, right? Because they don't want that sort of imprinting upon their child. Right. And I get that if they see something that horrifically uh, violent, you know, somebody's, you know, like one of those horrible films of, of you know, ISIS chopping off somebody's head. I thought
1: i even something better. If they caught their child in the same room and Fox News accidentally came on, <laughs> they would be the
0: first person yes. to throw a
1: chair through that TV screen.
0: Right. Right. Whew. Honey, oh. we had a really close call today. Yeah. Uh, anyway so but if, if that sort of violence they would right away of course turn but when it, when it, when it comes to this covid thing well then fear is totally acceptable totally an appropriate video to impose upon your child that's the concern i have and uh, we we must be very vigilant about this we 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 dare not con- continue to impose this video and instead we should have something like what the the, the director of life is beautiful uh, imposed upon you know the, the storyline there. Such a beautiful story. The idea of keeping this in perspective, laughing at the COVID the situation um, and, and you will survive this. You do not want to impose fear upon your children and that is the, the, the thing that's around the second bend beyond the, the obvious consequences of this COVID shutdown. We need to think about that. All right, I was going to talk about Joe Biden. We don't have time, unfortunately. We will talk oh, about Oh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. You a great line. You just did, because there's nothing there anyway. Okay. <laughs> All <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Just so you know, everyone, he's going to lose. That's it. Okay, <laughs> we're done with the Biden.
0: All right. <laughs> on to 2024. This is Brock Lurie signing off. God bless, and we'll talk with you next week.